Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow and I'm joined with, by, oh, I'll I never get like, it right. I was like, is she going to say by or with? Um, you're joined with Devin Leary and that's my name. Devin, my best friend, uh, mm-hmm. we were just in a conversation where you're we talking about situations where female friendships have been hurt by one of the women flirting with the other friend's boyfriend. We're talking about the situation where one of your friends maybe um, describes themselves as just having a flirty personality or like they're just a flirty person. That's just how they are. And I like people always think I'm flirting. This is just how I act. This is just me. I'm just a touchy person. And I get that. I get that some people are like that. I don't, but continue. But it does beg the question of like aren't there so many specimens out there of humanity that you could direct that flirtatious en- energy towards instead of someone's boyfriend and i want to say also like when i was in college and um let's say uh to be generous was deeply mentally ill um and addicted to substances i did get drunk and flirt with friends boyfriends and or their crushes and i want to say that i have a have had a lot of shame about that i have really tried to atone for that because to me that was really not in line with the type of person i wanted to be and i thought it was extremely fucked up of me to do just like i think it's fucked up of other people to do I guess, and Devin and I talk about this a lot, we were literally just talking about the shame from our past for incidents, small, even small stuff like that. I do consider that small, especially in high school or college when you just make really dumb mistakes. And as in our favorite 
TV show Fleabag, a character says erasers are at the end of pencils because people make mistakes. So I do think mistakes were made in my past in similar ways. I think in a blackout, I made out with a friend's boyfriend very briefly. We were like running down halls and we were full blown alcoholic. Say it with me. But yeah, I have shame over that stuff. And I think it's also indicative of (laughs) why I quit drinking. But I think that there is a personality and I think of women and men and men. I don't want to exclude men in this who say stuff like that. Like, I just have a flirty personality. I'm just touchy feely. And it's a part of the gaslighting I hate so much. I remember thinking this girl who wasn't my friend was flirting with my boyfriend and she told everyone around me, like, we were just talking, like, no need to be dramatic. Like, I'm just a touchy person. And I'm like, you're making what you did, which was rude, into a compliment to yourself. Like, I'm just sort of really charismatic and like, really sort of like a beautiful bohemian person when really I'm like, no, it's okay. You have a pathological need for attention. I don't like partners who do that either when they like, if they pretend that a girl that they were flirting with or was flirting with them wasn't like, I don't know. I didn't sense that. I'm like, if you didn't, then you actually are blind or have a social disorder. (laughs) I'm literally and truly thinking back right now, I'm like, have any of my friends ever flirted with me? And I don't think they have, but maybe they have. And I just like was completely unaware of it. But I'm like, I don't remember like any like a guy friend flirting with you in front of your boyfriend. No, but maybe I'm wrong. But I think that it's it's hard. Apparently, it's hard for people to see because they get swept up in the moment or something. I don't know. Like if a guy stares at me for longer than 10 seconds, I'm like, okay, so he's in love with me. Like, I feel like I'm very sensitive to that. I did actually one time, which I'm not sure if I've said on the podcast before, but like this guy that I knew started DMing me and I just thought he was being really polite and (laughs) he actually was trying to proposition me. You're like, oh, he showed me a picture of his dick. He's just being, he's funny. You know what? He's really cordial like that. He wants me to examine. um, Okay, so let's switch into the mode that our guest Kendall described on the episode last week that I keep thinking about that I'm trying to apply in my life where she was talking about like having empathy in the situation with that girl, Crystal, who told Ari that she was there for the wrong reasons which lol that every single season of the bachelor it becomes a conflict of so and so is there for the wrong reasons like you can just throw it out at any moment this person's here for the wrong reasons this person's here for the wrong reasons this person's here for the wrong reasons and it's like okay so 99% of them are there to become an influencer we know that we don't have to like have a conversation about that yes many of them are there to become an influencer but anyway. That's why the accusation is always valid because you're like, know. yeah, they did sign up to be on the TV show. <laughs> yeah, the the guy is always like, wait, are you here for fame? What you, a lifestyle blogger, wants fame? What a social media manager, dental hygienist wants fame? <laughs> what? Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is. Kendall Long said that she tried to have compassion with that girl and say like, it sounds like you're in a lot of pain. So I'm and I'm trying to think about it that way. I, I do think this kind of behavior, risky behavior of flirting with someone who's in a relationship with your friend, with your friend or with anyone or with anyone comes from a place of pain for sure and and sickness and pain. So I think there's like compassion to be had there. 
And not that I've ever gotten to that point, and I haven't. No, I haven't. I'm not to the point of compassion. I am actually stuck in the point of blind rage, but I think it's possible. I do think it's possible. It doesn't detract a lot from my anger in situations, but in retrospect, I usually feel compassion. It's really funny. I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod, but forever ago, a boyfriend and a friend, a a boyfriend, my friend got together. We had a terrible relationship. He ended up breaking up with me to be with this girl eventually. And I stalked her Tumblr all the time. Like she, it was just something that I went to to sort of keep track of their relationship. She would post about when they broke up and got back together and blah, blah, blah. And then even as I got over the breakup, I like, this is years later. I just like once in a while went on her Tumblr just to check things out. I was just like, how are you doing? Right. How's she doing? It just became a website I looked at, like how you blindly look at clothes that you can't afford. Like I was like, uh, I guess I'll go to her Tumblr and see what she's been up to. I know. Not a lot of emotion involved. But then because I was reading stories about her and like some hard romantic situations and work situations that she was very open about, I started feeling a lot of compassion for her until she recently posted about like a really hard breakup where I think the guy was really fucked up and I commented on it like, you deserve love. Like, oh, you no, deserve no, the no, best. Oh, no, no, you didn't. Please tell me you didn't. No, I absolutely did. And I was so confused. Like, oh, she didn't comment back. <laughs> like, like, she hasn't posted in a while. Like, a little concerned. But, um... But no, I I really do. I would never want to lose a friend that way. I think I would have a lot of self-hatred if I lost someone I cared about. Right. Um, I think Fleabag, that's the like the source of how amazing Fleabag is. is like we were saying earlier today, it's a lot about shame and, and what she did and, and how do we live with making huge mistakes. And I do think that you're redeemable, but not until you fully confront what you did and why you did it. Right. This also, this episode sounds like we have a personal vendetta right now. We really don't. We really don't. We really don't. It really does sound like we do. We're fascinated. I mean, we might, uh, personally speaking, we might have a personal vendetta. So, yeah, I, okay, personal vendettas. I'm going to do Beth's thing about her parents at the beach club. Yeah, personal vendettas exist. And they are in my mind. Like, I guess the the personal vendettas live in my mind. So they might show up here. They might be a part of this conversation. But that they're not directly inspiring this conversation. I have been very, as some people used to say, thirsty. Not for sex, but for attention. I've been in those places before. And it's not a fun place to be. And I tend not to like myself and how I behave in those situations. When I'm trying to get attention from guys that I don't even like, right. just because I'm, I want to feed off of that and build self-worth off of that, I feel like shit. So yeah, we can't have the Kendall compassion for Crystal in those situations where it's like, okay, you're being selfish right now and you're being inconsiderate and rude and nobody gets away with anything. And that doesn't mean that like you'll have direct karma where someone will do that to you or anything, but you will have to somewhat know that about yourself whether you choose to repress it or not i was trying to have compassion for someone flirting with someone else and in a way that i thought was immature but then i remembered a time that one time i was with a like platonic male friend and i was really like had been not sleeping well and kind of like weekend of depression or something 
I started complaining about how I couldn't find anyone to date and I was still single and no one want, like I slipped into the like no one wants to be with me <laughs> like clearly seeking him to say no of course anyone would want to be with you whatever and I just felt so gross in the moment like why am I doing this I'm trying to get attention from my friend and he does not owe me that kind of attention and it's probably making him uncomfortable but I'm basically forcing him to give it by saying like nobody wants to be with me and I in that moment was like I don't want to be this type of person not that that's a type of person but like I don't want to do this type of behavior I I, I want to show up for people and like engage in conversation that's of service to both people in the conversation instead of trying to seek from the other person something to fill the void I remember in college when I was so depressed at one point uh IMing my guy friend and being like Am I pretty? And he was like, Jesus Christ, pull it together. (laughs) Get it together, kid. The distinct problem with flirting with a person who's in a relationship or, God forbid, in a relationship with your friend. People have flirted with boyfriends in front of me knowing I'm with them. And I will say the thing that's painful is that at its core, it's mean. And it's doing something mean to someone else. And it really can be that simple. And again, I mean, the funny thing is, and you talk about this a lot, and I totally agree. There's nothing more important to me than the females in my life. Right. I really, I really mean that. And I, the idea of them hurt in any way is sucks. I mean, if anything, I'm like codependent with them. Like when you're having a hard time with something and I know for you when I'm having a hard time with something, I'm like, okay, how are we going to solve this? Right. (laughs) Yeah. The idea of hurting someone that I care about, it's like hurting your mom's feelings. You're like, no, 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 no. I know. Well, yeah, it's like that's, those have been some of the hardest moments in my life is when I have hurt my female friends and, um, Truly nothing feels worse. Yeah. I mean, I have felt similar heartbreak if I've ever had a fight with a friend or whenever I miss a friend or if I, you know, blow things up with a friend by accident, which hasn't happened in a really long time. But even though it hasn't happened in a really long time, it's still painful to remember because just like a breakup, it's like, oh, there was real love there. I know. So that is where a lot of my compassion comes from. It's like, oh, you lost your friend because of a character defect that I'm sure has a source. And, you know, we're all sort of damaged humans trying not to hurt each other. But still, you know, that's a really sad place to be in. Yeah, I agree. But I guess like and I feel like this way with women all the time. And it's what I struggle with with men a lot is that we're constantly The wellness industry, the self-help industry, this is all projected towards women. I would say 90% of it. So we're always just trying to confront our demons, trying to, you know, uh, get ourselves healthy enough to be in a relationship, to attract the right people. I don't... Drinking essential oils. Taking hydroxychloric. (laughs) Stinging ourselves with bees. Literally being quiet for 10 minutes and listening to someone teaching us how to breathe from no, YouTube. No, okay, that is psychotic. That is crazy. Don't even. And I don't see men doing that a lot. And I, I don't see the industry telling men, like, you need to get yourselves together if you want to fall in love or find right. love. or. And so I, I don't feel like they're confronted a lot with change. Like, okay, yeah, how do you maintain relationships? 
men gossip about each other so much. They do, but I think that the thing that's missing is that they don't talk about relationships. Like, it's really weird. They don't talk about each other's relationships, and I think that stops them from growing because if I didn't talk to my female friends... I mean, I wouldn't be in a relationship past one day because like every time I get in a fight with someone, I'm like, okay, this is what happened. He said, what are you having for lunch? And I thought he meant that he thinks I should lose weight. So I said, fuck you and went into the bedroom and closed the door and started sobbing. So I rely on my friends to respond to those text messages and say, okay, well, you might have some untreated issues there that have nothing to do with him. And that's not what he said. It reminds me of Sophia Cleary's episode with us when she said, if you don't think you're lovable, then everything someone does will be proof to you that you are not lovable. Right. You will just be looking constantly for evidence for this thesis you have that I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. And Devin and I both have had serious eating disorders. I mean, I know almost every woman I have. I don't know any woman who has a normal relationship with food. Thank you, media. But I went to rehab for it at a pretty young age. I had a really serious case of bulimia. I There are years where I counted calories to an obsessive point. If you literally give me any food item, I think I can remember the calories. Same, because it's all I same. did. I know. Once I took a case of markers, like I, I picked up a case of like Crayola markers and I turned it over just on instinct, because that's what I always did with food, where I would take a package and turn it over to like right. check out the calories. It really took a lot of brain power. I wish I'd put it somewhere else. And those years were really um, sad. And I guess it's something that I wanted to talk about, actually, with the holiday Thanksgiving coming up, which used to be a huge trigger point for me. And I wanted to say that a lot of my eating disorder was based around pretty vague things like control, insecurity, self-worth, et cetera, perfectionism. But a lot of it sprouted from my idea that I needed to be attractive because I really wanted to fall in love and have the security Mm -hmm. of a relationship. A lot of people, like, for some reason, don't believe me when I say this. And I guess it's because maybe everyone had, like, some kind of romance in high school I did not at all. Like, no one was interested that I know of. I literally would be like, constantly would be like, tell this person I have a crush on them. I would literally be like, tell this guy that I'm going to hook up with him if he wants to. Right. And they would be like, "Uh, they're not so sold on it. I was like, okay, what? So I just was like, okay, I am ugly, unlovable, whatever. And also, like, eating disorders run ran rampant at the school I was at. So I think like seeing other people do it inspired me to do it. I love Cheryl Strayed very much, who wrote the book Wild, which then Reese Witherspoon made a great movie out of. And she also wrote a book that's one of my favorite books of all time called Tiny Beautiful Things, where she it's her advice column that she used to have where called Dear Sugar. She had a podcast where she was answering an advice question. A guy wrote in saying his girlfriend had gained a lot of weight. And he was disturbed by how much weight she had gained. And her male co-host was like, this is a gentle way to bring it up to her, etc. And Cheryl Strait had the most amazing answer where she was basically like, do not bring this up to your girlfriend, first of all. And second of all, you need to love her at any weight she's at. Right. And she said, you know, I've gone up and down a million times. You know, I've probably, with her pregnancies, like, gone up 100 pounds, then gone down, gone up and gone down. She said, my husband might like me at a certain size, 
You know, like he might have right. a preference, but he would never say that. Right. The past couple of boyfriends I've had have been amazing in that sense where my weight just naturally fluctuates as is healthy to do over the holidays, over the seasons, if my work schedule is crazy. And I'm sure there's times when they've appreciated when I was super fit. I don't know, but I don't even think it was that, you know? Right. And I like to think that like if a guy doesn't want to like hold my fat ass, then like I don't trust him. Like I don't, I don't like that. And I always think of Jamie Foxx. Like he always talked about how he just loved big women. Like he was like, I just love like bigger women. I used to constantly be measuring my weight and measuring my weight to me was measuring my worth, not to myself, but I couldn't individualize my worth. It was always my worth is whatever I'm worth to a potential hypothetical guy that I don't, I doesn't have a face or an eyes is just this guy that I have in my head who likes women who are smaller. Right. I didn't even know what I considered like worthy necessarily in myself. I just was like, I think guys like girls who X, Y, and Z. Right. We got to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more true romance. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's Dime beautyco.com code get dime for 20% off like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this there's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the u.s that's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of new york los angeles and chicago combined Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. 
LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back to True Romance. So... Yeah, speaking of trying times and eating, Thanksgiving is this week, and I think this episode is going to be coming out right around Thanksgiving. I have a feeling. I have a feeling it will be. Toiki day. I'm curious. My first time spending like a holiday with a significant other's family was Thanksgiving. What was it like introducing your significant others to your family? What's your experience been with that? I've never actually had a bad experience with that. My introducing significant others has always gone well um if my family members have had problems with significant others they didn't say it until after we broke up which is so funny because then i'm like wait all these times that i thought we were all sitting around the table laughing bonding with each other they were secretly judging but that's the right thing to do is keep your feelings to yourself unless they're asked for i haven't had a bad experience i mean i've had experiences where i felt embarrassed like It wasn't for Thanksgiving, but one of the first times I went to one of my significant other's family's house and was staying with them, I broke the Wi-Fi because when I first got there, the Wi-Fi wasn't working and I got so panicked because... So I have this thing where I'm always terrified that I can't sleep and if I can't sleep, like, what am I going to do if I can't fall asleep? And in my head, I always think... I, this is like so sick and embarrassing, but I actually think to myself constantly, like, I'm so grateful that laptops and netflix exist because i am like oh my god i can just like turn on netflix in my bed with a laptop so that's always my plan for if i can't sleep and i thought i wasn't going to be able to sleep because i'm meeting my boyfriend's parents and i'm nervous whatever and then i find out there's no wi-fi and i just was like um i mean if you guys want i can um just take a look at the router yeah i can just take a look because yeah i think you know, sometimes it has to be rebooted. It has to whatever. I get there. It's completely foreign router to me. I've never seen this router. It was a completely different service than I've ever used. So I'm just like, okay, bleep, bloop, blop, blop, bleep. How do robots work? And then I start trying to like reboot it. And somehow I just fucked it up. It ends up out the window. <laughs> I try to reboot it. And somehow I throw it directly at this guy's elderly family member's face and i don't know how that happened no i uh, but truly like i broke it and i don't know how and then so basically what happened was ever i was like i couldn't fix it i couldn't fix it it's still not working i don't know what to do and it's so embarrassing like the family's like we just met this girl she's already crying about the circumstances in our like beautiful house that she has to stay in and then when they tried to have someone look at it or something they realized that i had broken it i was like humiliated horrible and so that was yikes. Yeah. And then like I just have so many memories of speaking of smoking, like sneaking, smoking when meeting significant others, families like I was like, OK, so this it's so great to meet your little nieces and nephews. Where can I? Hi, I'm Devin. <laughs> so that was bad. At one time I got triggered because my ex's family was out by the fire pit i'm like sitting there thinking like they're gonna judge me if i smoke i'm humiliated so i haven't smoked all day i'm just like shaking twitching like one eye twitching just not doing well and we all know 
that the post-Thanksgiving meal cigarette is the best cigarette of all time. No comparison. What about the post-flight cigarette? That one is good, but the Thanksgiving one is like so rare and it's like so unique. So I'm like dying. I can't have one. And then all the fucking men pull out their cigars that they're going to smoke. And I'm just so triggered. You're like, all right, boys, let's ride. This is a problem that I have is that like there's there is no stigma around cigar smoking. And yet if someone smokes a cigarette, people are like, oh, my God, your lifestyle choices are horrible. And it's like, wait, but I'm not smoking a giant one that like smells 10 times worse. Like, why is it that normal? so bad. Oh, my God. It's like that's like people are like, it's just a, it's a good old boy celebrating. And I'm like, OK. And then to me, they're like, oh, what a dingy, damaged girl that she would pick up such a disgusting habit. Anyway, <laughs> how have your Thanksgiving's been? <laughs> I haven't been the chimney sweeper girl who came down the chimney with her cigarettes in her mouth, breaking everything as she went. <laughs> Eight cigarettes in my mouth being like. The Wi-Fi is not working. We gotta get someone in here. Look at the Wi-Fi. Kids, this is me, Mrs. Claus. Y'all I... have, a, have an, an ashtray. <laughs> I don't know why I'm uh, Southern and have the hiccups when I meet people's parents, but now I am. I have had a great experience meeting other people's families. I really like meeting families. I love You're moms. You're great at it. Oh, boy, do I love Ooh, moms. She thrives when she meets them. I just want to know everything about, like, my significant other, what it was like growing up. I had once uh, upon a time, I think I had a mom that didn't really like me. I think because I I wasn't uh, Jewish. I was Christian. Oh, but. (laughs) Sorry. But I'm not sure. Maybe she did. Devin fully has the hiccups. It's actually really funny. (laughs) I definitely have had. A mom who felt reticent around me, but like my last boyfriend's mom, my high school boyfriend's mom, I think wanted me to marry him. Most of the time, it's been great. Once me and my college boyfriend got into a fight at his house and he went into his parents' room to tell them about it. Oh, God. (laughs) Which I think is truly a nightmare. But yeah, I've always loved meeting people's families, mainly because it's like a high pressure event. And I feel like I thrive in those. Like I get super excited for it. But bringing boyfriends home has always been weird. My angel Jewish boyfriend came over for Christmas one year, and it was the first Christmas he was ever celebrating. And my mom, who's a photographer, took so many pictures, like an extreme amount of pictures. I will say, I think she thinks I look like beautiful all the time because she's my mom. So she's always like, you look adorable. And some of the times, just because of the nature of humans, I don't. And right. that morning, I did not. My mom took maybe a million pictures, made an album on uh, Facebook called Henry's First Christmas. No. And it was all pictures tagged my boyfriend and all of them. And he was the nicest guy. Like, I, I can't tell you how sweet he is. And he's still my family loves him. But uh, but he even we were at a diner. He sort of got the notification that he had been tagged in like 30 photos in an album called Henry's First Christmas. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he was like, OK, um, <laughs> oh, this. No, it's it's great. I um I, I think it's nice. It's just a lot. It's just like, a lot. Yeah. It's just 75 yeah. photos and a video. That's amazing. Yeah, I think. 
meeting people's families is so exciting in a way it's it's so grown up I remember thinking that like oh my god I'm doing something so grown up right I now. know I know it does feel like that and to me my friends and family's opinion is like the most important thing besides my opinion like I just value it so much of the people I'm with and it was and how that like Beth said about her husband like it's so important how the person interacts with the people you care about so when I dated someone in L.A., it was kind of hard because I couldn't see how he interacted with my family at all, like because they were across the country. Um, and I kept thinking, like, I just want to see how this goes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's so hard. Well, also, if you end up with someone you are going to marry, like, into their family, that is, like, so many holidays, so much time that right. it's really important to bond with them. Uh, I, I think moms like me, I think though, sometimes they're expecting someone a little more put together, right? maybe like a little bit more classically hot, maybe gentler. Like I <laughs> sort of stumble in as like the gentle iron giant <laughs> making like maybe too many jokes too quickly, trying to like come up with shorthand. Right. And I also, I overly compliment when I get nervous so I'm like, okay, so your son is actually a genius. And <laughs> that's amazing. They're like, yeah, we like like you don't need to sell us on him. We love yeah, him. Yeah, we actually <laughs> get it. <laughs> I like, we uh, he is the most romantic son of a bee I've ever met. And they're like, okay. <laughs> the most romantic son of a bee. I know. I have a problem where though where I like roast people that I'm close to like I I think that and I think my family does that like we all make fun of each other yes no I do that with my family too yeah so it's hard like I I've always done that with people I'm in a relationship with where I'll like make fun of the person but sometimes I do it in front of their family and sometimes that is good and everyone is like haha yeah it is so funny when he does that and then sometimes you cross line and you're like I shouldn't have taken the insult that far and they're like hey you're like you're worthless <laughs> and then I'm like isn't he the biggest just piece of scum on the bottom of your foot after you walk in a lake no I'm kidding no but I have had those moments where I'm like but I oh my god but anyway just kidding like I love I him I didn't so mean it much. when I said he was a pervert I meant no, like when I said he looks at child pornography like I was just kidding I anyway grandma can you pass the potatoes no it's uh I'm not making light of that sorry but no I have that problem and I try to keep it in check, but it is a nervous thing where I, yeah, I do try to like make jokes. I've also roasted people. This is not like parents or even significant others. I've roasted like people I don't know that well, like right. colleagues and stuff like that. And been like, well, you weren't, uh, you guys don't do that in your family, do you? <laughs> I know. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry. Well, it happens with us too. Like it, it was like when we were interviewing Kendall and Beth and you were being mean to me and I could tell Kendall was like, um, like, <laughs> is everything okay here? I know. I was like, sorry, you don't understand that we're just like really mean to her. And that's no, we don't part. think she's ugly. And <laughs> we just call her that. Is that hard to understand? It's funny. Hilarious. It's actually hilarious comedy. I don't know if you're familiar. One thing I want to say is that like, I actually am an incredibly awkward person and i know people say that i'm not and people are always like no you're not awkward no what but i actually have had moments many times in my life where like 
the words just don't come out right. I don't know if like people relate to that. But oh yeah, are you kidding? I'm I think trying, everyone relates to that, especially on like job interviews and like meeting people's families or like first dates. I'm horrible at first dates. Like I just it's the words are in my brain and they don't come out the correct way. And I'm like, um, yeah, I do uh writing, and people are like, um, what do you work on? I'm like, mm, I don't. Mm. Um, I it reminds me of the scene from Meet the Parents where uh, Ben Stiller talks about how he grew up on a farm, but he didn't. And then he talks about how he milked a cat like he used to milk his cat. And I'm like, right. I don't. Obviously, that's exaggerated. But I do identify with me being like, why did I just say I was into sports? I'm right. not. I'm that not was a lie at all. Why I did I just say that my family was into the Red Sox or that we loved Boston? We don't really talk about it. Like, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I know. And I the this guy, I. I mean, I actually have fully done like the movie thing where you completely lie, where this guy that I had a huge crush on in college and was kind of like cooking up with was like this outdoorsy person. And every time he talked about camping and like hiking and all this stuff, I was like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, I love that. I love that. I'm so into that. 100%. And he stopped responding to my text messages (laughs) but if he had not and we continued a relationship i kept thinking like wait this is gonna come to a head one day when we go camping and i'm like i need wi-fi to watch my netflix do you not understand where's the wi-fi um yeah i remember also like getting into fights in front of my boyfriend's parents like different partners oh my god like yeah wait this is kind of awkward like i'm telling you're like son that i thought like his female friend was being inappropriate <laughs> i know literally like having the parents drive us around and me being like your little friend over there has a crush on you i hope you know that i hate that i hate when it gets to that point where you can't hide the fighting and you're just like please no please no please no yeah i just want to say that i texted my mom in preparation for this podcast and i was like oh we're doing a thanksgiving um a podcast a week of thanksgiving are there any um funny stories from like our thanksgivings growing up that i could tell and she goes um no <laughs> was like, wait there's not a single you don't have a single like oh Devin, it was so cute when you did this she goes um no and she sent like the meme of the woman looking at an equation <laughs> she's like um let me think about it no but then i was like wait don't you remember the dog chili incident and the dog chili incident is a Thanksgiving story for the books where we had these two dogs that were Irish wolfhounds because when you're Irish, you, for some reason, have to do everything Irish and, like, everything, buy everything Irish. Like, I have gone into souvenir stores before and just bought something with an O apostrophe on it because I just am like, oh, I need to have that. So we had these dogs that were Irish wolfhounds, meaning they were the size of a small horse and so like like all dogs they got into hijinks and they chewed stuff up but instead of like chewing up shoes they chewed up a headlight off a car or like you know just like industrial grade construction equipment like they just but they were the sweetest gentle giant dogs ever except one thanksgiving when my dad's side of the family was coming which is a bajillion people best time of the year when you're a kid when i was a kid because all the cousins are coming. All my aunts are bringing the best food ever. They bring Tupperwares, Tupperwares, Tupperwares full of like cookies and desserts. And my aunt makes like makes the 
best mashed potatoes. My other aunt makes Oreo pudding. It's like the best, like always look forward to it. So excited. And this year, that year that it happened, my mom had made chili because she was like, wait, I have a brilliant idea. If I make like two giant vats of chili, it'll be just something that everyone can eat for lunch every single day. It just feeds so many people. It's whatever, universal food. So she makes two giant vats of chili. She decides to put it on the porch because she's like, well, it's freezing outside and it's basically like a fridge if you put it on the porch and the rest of the fridge is full of, you know, all this other deliciousness. So the dogs, long story short, eat two giant vats of chili, enough for like 50 people. And right before my entire family which for my mom this is like her significant other's family like she wants to impress i mean she probably didn't want to impress at this point because it's been so long but like she's having people over she's the hostess all the pressure's on her the dogs diarrhea all over the house like wall to wall inch to inch (laughs) just dog diarrhea everywhere every single rug had to be destroyed like the rugs had to be burned like the rug, we had to like dig a pit in the yard and burn. No, I'm kidding. But like, we really had to hazardous waste. Like the you house, jumped in, the- you dumped it in the river and like <laughs> tied it to concrete blocks. We were like, <laughs> we never speak of this again. No, but actually, my brother and I were just cracking up laughing. We we're like, diarrhea. And my mom's devastated, traumatized. And that's the burden of being a mom is that your kids just laugh at you in times of struggle when you're scrubbing dog diarrhea off the wall before your family comes over. Your kids are just jeering, <laughs> laughing in your face. So what? Whatever. Way, I'm still laughing. <laughs> I have tears in my eyes. This stuff still gets me. We are going to take a quick ad break and then we'll be back with some listeners questions. Please stay tuned. I want you. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold-out Retinol Alternative TBT Cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally 5 stars. Love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's DimeBeautyCO.com, code GETDIME for 20% off. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we're back with True Romance. You might have stopped listening after our dog diarrhea story, but we really hope you didn't. We really really hope that you enjoy that kind of poo-poo humor and toilet humor as potty mouth. I hope you have a potty mouth. Today we have two listeners' questions, and they cover somewhat of the same topic, which I think is really interesting. And they're tricky questions. I had a lot of thoughts. The first one comes from uh, Tatiana. Hello. Love the show and have been listening since the first episode. We love that. Wow. I'm hoping to get my sister hooked on the podcast, too. Okay, well, what's her holdup? What's what's her her issue? issue? Uh, Can you please tell her to contact us? Does she have a problem? Go ahead. I think I'm in love with my roommate. She's amazing and interesting and sweet and so gorgeous, and I wouldn't change a thing about her, but there's kind of a lot to unpack here because, A, we are going to be living in the same small room for a while, which could get really messy. B, I didn't know her before we moved in together, so I don't know if this is just my brain rationalizing how we've gotten so close so fast. C, I know she dates women, but I don't know how she feels about me. I think it could be mutual, but it's really hard to distinguish between flirting and close friendships. D, since it's pandemic times, we only really hang out with each other. Pro, she's already seen me at my worst and still likes me. Con, self-doubt. Am I just feeling this out of extreme loneliness? I know from the circumstances this sounds like an obvious no, but it sure as hell doesn't feel like it. I'd love some advice. I don't think it sounds like an obvious no at all. Like, I, I am not like, oh, my God, this is clearly a, a situation you shouldn't pursue. Um, I think it sounds so complicated and layered. And I don't have experience with anything besides uh, that you mentioned besides having a crush on someone that you're close with and not knowing if you should, like, make the move of saying something or if it'll destroy the friendship. But I do know people who have ended up with roommates in relationships and it is complicated when it doesn't end well and it gets messy and also yeah especially in covid when you're quarantining and um you're kind of stuck together i can't even imagine i totally agree with devin i don't think it's an obvious no i think that you also seem super conscientious about it you're questioning things to make sure you know is this just loneliness is am I is it hard for me to distinguish between flirting and close friendships and you know you sound like you're experiencing some self-doubt I have like Devin said been close to people and uh that I've been attracted to and I've worked around people when I've worked on movie sets there has been people like we call it a set crush where there'll be like a cute PA or something that I'll have a crush right. on and obviously I don't live with them but I'm working around them and I have terrible impulse control it's gotten better as i've gotten older but i like things now and i like them to happen quickly and especially the more intense the feelings are or the more it feels like this is something like i think this is something right it becomes so much harder not to be like so what's the deal like you're feeling this too right like please don't tell me i'm crazy and it becomes sort of that like as much as i want to be with the person i also just want my feelings to feel validated understood Yeah. yeah and i hate that i I'm saying this, but I do think it's the answer is that you have to wait and see. 
Right. And also, this sounds weird, but enjoy this time of getting to know her. Right. No, I agree. I think I had a specific experience where I had a crush on someone and like it was just not the right time. We worked together at the time and then I just felt so frustrated. Like, why are these the circumstances? I want to just tell this person how I feel like I'm moving. I just want to be I just want to do something dramatic and just say, like, this is how I'm feeling about you. Do you feel the same way? Um, but I brought that idea to friends and they advised me to wait. And I did. And I waited a really long time until the circumstances were right. A really long time. You waited like a year, right? I, yeah, I waited over a year and I just... But looking back, like, I'm so grateful that I did. I'm so grateful I waited because then our relationship was born out of mostly just excitement and like this is an amazing exciting good thing if i had done something when the circumstances weren't necessarily right i think it would have been born out of like what carolina said just fear and wanting my feelings to be validated and also i just felt like which is kind of funny like it, one of the things that i think was is different about um my current relationship is because i did get to know my boyfriend for so long and i was I, I can compare it to like people say if you want to get a tattoo you should like sit on the idea for a really long time to make sure you actually love the idea that's how I feel about him where I'm like okay I actually really did get to know him and I did see if I could still like have these feelings or if they would go away and they didn't go away so that's actually a really good test to see if you could have a long-standing relationship with someone is are these feelings just fleeting or do I really feel this way about this person I think the most helpful for, thing for me in any conversation is just constantly reminding myself to listen to every word the person's saying. Like if you find yourself floating into, is this a moment? Do they have a crush on me too? Is this, what's this going to be? Are we going to be something? Are we not? To just remind yourself, like, let me just listen to every word this person's saying and then respond to it. Like be present, be of service in this conversation instead of just like, is every word evidence that we're meant to be together or not? You know, I totally agree. And I think we'll have similar points in our next question, but I yeah. want to get to it. It is from Alicia. Devin and Carolina, first off, I want to thank you for such an amazing podcast. Um, you're welcome. Please tell our last listener's sister. Mm -hmm. I was writing to ask your advice on a situation. I recently moved into a house with my brother. The problem is I have the fattest crush on one of his roommates, but this problem gets deeper. This guy's not only one of my brother's best friends, but also someone I've known forever and had a crush on in my childhood. We all now live together and work in a sketch comedy group. There are moments where I feel like we really are hitting it off because of all the layers. I'm hesitant to do anything about it. I don't want to make my living or work situation awkward. I'm also worried about just being viewed as my brother's kid sister to him. I'm supposed to move into a new living situation in the new year. Should I wait and feel things out or let him make the first move? How should I approach this? Again, thank you so much for your pod. Thank you again. Listener's sister, come on. <laughs> I really think some of our same advice applies here, I think, which is wait and see. Waiting mm -hmm. has never hurt anyone. I also think there aren't, there are rules. And then at the same time, there aren't a lot of rules, you know? Devin and I are huge fans of an actress who on her TV show basically started dating her boss, which is completely, you know, frowned upon sometimes in terms of you're jeopardizing your career, you're jeopardizing the show. And then they got married and seemed to, you know, have a really healthy relationship. And Kaylee Cuoco, you know, she dated her co-star and they're best friends now, Johnny Galecki. 
And I like hearing stories like that because it's like, oh, so many people would be like, do not like don't shit where you eat. Right. And all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's definitely as both of our listeners seem to recognize, it's definitely tricky. But there if you are feeling something, you know, don't have any shame about it. And uh, certainly it's not completely off limits. I think this is this one is slightly trickier because a brother is involved and sometimes we don't realize or at least I don't realize that someone else's relationship is involved. Right. Meaning your brother's relationship with his friend. Um, I don't think you need your brother's permission or anything. It's just something to be cognizant of. And I also think it's great that you're moving into your own place if you you know, if this is something that you really want to pursue. And but you also have this work relationship. I think like the last one, you will see. You will know. Right. And maybe you will pursue it and maybe you'll get hurt. And that's the risk of pursuing things. And I have been in the position where it's been rewarded and I've been in the position where I've been hurt. And those are sort of the risks we take. And and so no matter what, if you want to pursue this, it will be a risk. And you've just got to weigh that. Yeah, I think... Like my personal constant challenge in life is trusting that I don't have to find all the information out at all times. Like I just constantly am thinking or believing that there's some kind of information right on the other side of some behavior. Like if I just start this fight, I'll get some information and then I'll feel better. If I just tell this person I have a crush on them, I'll get information and that information will make me feel better. If I just get this gossip that I know is happening. I like I, if I find out the truth about this gossip, I know I'll feel better. And it's never true. And the right information o- that I'm supposed to receive always comes to me eventually. And when I just trust that the right information will show itself and just wait, you know, to be shown that I always am so much happier on the other side of it than when I'm like fiending for the information and doing something for that purpose not saying that you're doing that at all but that's just something um that i've experienced and also again not saying that this is what you're doing but something i've done is like really getting caught up in the narrative of something and getting stuck on this thing of it would be such an amazing story if i finally ended up with this boy i had a crush on which did happen to me once um where i ended up with someone that i had had a crush on like years prior and i was so set on the narrative of like now we're finally together that i almost wasn't even seeing the reality of the person and the relationship and so that's something to keep in mind and and yeah i think if it's really worth it if your feelings for this person become so big that it's worth it to you to take the risk that will be shown to you and you'll know like carolina said you'll know um that it's worth it to say something it's worth it to make the move it's it's possible to do that in the way that's like least harmful to your brother's relationship i'm sure there's a way to do it in a way that's respectful but if it's worth that you will know i love what you said about narrative i didn't i've never thought about it that way but it's so true for me as well i build stories in my head of like this is sort of makes sense it's and fate then, yeah <laughs> yeah and then you build a life in your head with this person i mean i right. used to do that i have a set crush right now and it's funny i'm doing that thing where i'm building a narrative i'm also very tired I mean, and when I say tired, I mean, like, I'm still, you know, sad about my past breakup. I'm I'm sort of burnt out when it comes to love. I am tired from the election and the pandemic and 
the news and <laughs> I moved houses. All of it. And and one thing that I thought of when I thought of this set crush, I, I was doing all the things Devin talks about. I wanted to get a bunch of information on him. I wanted to find out what his backstory is, his past relationships. Right. What's his status now? You know, all of this stuff. And a part of me had the best feeling where I relaxed and said, I'm not going to manage this. Right. Like, I'm not going to, quote unquote, figure this out. I'm not going to arrange anything. I'm not going to manipulate anything or, you know, a past version of me would text people being like, OK, so do you know what his status is? Is he single? Or, you know, tell people in his corner, like, I've always kind of had a crush on him yeah. or plant little seeds like that. And uh, I don't think that's like terrible. I don't think that's wildly immature. I wouldn't do it today because I think it it stirs up more confusion mm-hmm. than just thinking like I will more more will be revealed. I don't need to figure this out right now. And and I don't need to arrange things when if you look back on the good relationships or things that worked out nicely, they didn't happen because I forced them. Right. Like Devin said, you know, she considered sort of forcing this thing with a guy years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it happened finally pretty naturally. I mean, you ended up sending a text saying that you wanted to make out with him. But still, it wasn't you sort of manipulating the situation, planting sources or anything like that. Right. No, it it, it came across my mind so many times in that situation to be like, Okay, I'm going to tell a friend to like tell him that I am interested in him and then like see what he says and then this and I just didn't do any of it and part of it was cuz I was busy in my own life and I was like focusing on work and stuff and um yeah, and then, you know, it ended up being like what my therapist called my first earned secure connection, meaning like <laughs> I actually did the work and ended up with with a secure connection, but I also one time matched on Bumble with a a guy that like I knew growing up we hung out when we were in like elementary school as kids and I was like oh my god this is the fate like this is it we're actually meant to be together and we're gonna like I was like I already know his family's great his family lives near my family it's gonna be amazing everyone's gonna be like you guys ended up together oh my god it's a storybook ending and he ghosted me after one date and I was like, no, like the, the narrative I had built up so much like crashed down. And I was like, that was so not worth it to create that the doorbell. Story. Ditched you? <laughs> yeah. Then he rang my doorbell and I came downstairs dressed in my prom dress with my corsage and just no one was there. And, you know, I just don't recommend putting yourself in that situation. Don't put your prom dress on before the prom. Glennon Doyle, who wrote Untamed, which I highly recommend. I know every female in the United States is reading it, but it really is a fun read. And she talks about how when her husband and her got together, she wrote this amazing book about it. And then she found out that he had cheated on her multiple times. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know that phrase, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. She was like, hell hath no fury like a woman whose story has been ruined. Yeah. And so she talks about not just feeling betrayed, but feeling like her story was broken. Like my story was that we're two fucked up people who fell in love and made it work. And I feel that a lot of the time when my heart is broken, it's it's not just the relationship ending. It's the story that has been disrupted. So I have to stop (laughs) managing, you know, my life, which sounds weird and sounds like I'm just going to let myself be a mess. But it's really about like 
I don't know what's best for me. I don't know who I'm supposed to be with. I can have the feelings of what's right, but I've never been the expert necessarily on what makes me happy in terms of stuff like that. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just not great at planning my love life, but I am trying to set aside everything I think I know about relationships right now. I I feel like I've cherry picked in the past. Like, okay, you look like you're going to be my boyfriend. Like, I know. you look perfect. I can't wait to introduce you to my friends. You look like the person who's supposed to be next to me at, like, a party. And everyone right. will be like, ooh, look at that cute couple. And, like, you'll post about me on Instagram. And then I'll be happy forever. Thank you so much. Goodbye. I would love if when you said I need to stop managing my life, you pull- pulled off your mask. <laughs> and really, you were the Zodiac killer all along. And I'm like, oh, my God. Do I go to the police? I have so much responsibility on my shoulders now because I don't believe in the criminal justice system. But also, I think that justice should be served for the victims of the Zodiac Killer. And I don't know how to solve that I want to be myself. If a guy doesn't like you when you're the Zodiac Killer, then he sure as hell doesn't deserve me at my best. Marilyn Monroe quote. (laughs) Doesn't deserve you at your petty crimes and misdemeanors. If he can't accept you at your serial killer, he can't deserve you at your petty crimes and misdemeanors that's what Marilyn said i can't make that up okay yeah don't attribute that quote to us that was Marilyn monroe okay so don't come in the comments saying okay she's made she's made light of child pornography and then she's made light of murder like okay yeah i did that but but that was all Marilyn monroe that was all just Marilyn monroe from start to finish i've been Marilyn monroe this whole episode because i've just been reading word for word her quotes her dogs had diarrhea not mine (laughs) so don't attribute any of this to me it has nothing to do with me actually none of it has anything to do with me she got ghosted by a guy after one date and she thought they were going to be together forever and it wasn't me so that's fine thank you so much for tuning (laughs) into this episode of true romance thank you for tuning in everybody good luck with yeah, the holiday be season. safe lean into the food enjoy it email us if you have any problems you can email us for advice at true romance pod at gmail.com that's t-r-u-e-r-o-m-a-n-c-e-p-o-d at gmail.com i did a little dance to that she danced she danced and danced and danced and danced i danced all night you guys, please don't tell anyone I'm a Zodiac killer. <laughs> guys, we we really confided in you. So just please respect that. You guys know you're my best friends, right? <laughs> so would you do that to a friend? Would you tell on a friend for being Zodiac killer? Then don't tell on Carolina. Devin, I love you. Love you. Catch you next time on True Romance. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. 
That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.